podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Westra is Bestra. This week, a slightly different format. I'm your host, Big M, and Liji is unavailable, unfortunately. He is on his deathbed, apparently. So, you know, wishing him the best. And he couldn't have picked a better week because this last Friday was probably one of the greatest results. I've seen in my time, especially at Parker Scarlet, and it's going to be disappointing not having him to bounce back on with some of the things that we saw in what was just an incredible evening of rugby, and one that I know I'm not soon to forget. No one in the ground is soon to forget, and especially Clermont not going to be soon to forget. Uh, Where do we begin? Uh, let's let's just take away the negatives of the evening to start. You know, uh, Lee Halfpenny going off with the HIA early in the first half. You know, dangerous incident, red card deserved. No one's really arguing anything but there. But uh, we're just hoping that we get some news on him pretty soon and it's uh, one of the quicker turnarounds rather than the 12-day or as we've seen with some of our other players, like Cubby, Played Thompson that it ends in the, his career ending. So we're, we're hoping it's not that and we hope that's okay. Next up is the big man, Sean Calamaphoni, going off. Now, that was probably one of the most heartbreaking sights I've seen in a long while. He just looked as though that was the last time he'd played in that Scarlet jersey. Just watching him walk off the pitch. It was so well. You didn't walk. He hobbled. He had a man either side of him carrying him off. It was it was really heart wrenching to watch, and you could just see it on his face. He he was fearing that he's not going to play any further part this season. Obviously, we're all hoping that that's not true, and we're hoping to see him back fit and firing, hopefully for the Dragons, and then firing into the semi final against Glasgow. Now. Into the match yourself. Oh my God, what an atmosphere! You know, I, I've said it so many times already this season. But if you would have not been down to Park Scarlet yet, you have really got to get down there this season. And we've only got the one game left, the semi final. It is on the. Ooh, let me double check that date. I've already forgotten it. That's how excited I am. You know, I'm bouncing for this home semi-final in Europe, first one ever. And I believe it is the Saturday, the 29th of April. And yes, I am right with a half past five kickoff. So whether you play in rugby yourself, you know, you got your game at half past two, you'll be finished in plenty of time to get in the car, drive down to the stadium and really pack it out. Going on to the club website, the ticket sales are all looking very good. It looks as though the north and south may already be really close to being sold out. So, you know, that's nigh on 11,000 tickets with over two weeks to go before the game. So, you know, let's try and get this stadium packed out. Let's really make a, 
an intimidating atmosphere because that's exactly what Clermont felt on Friday night because you know, both stands, north and south, singing in unison. Now, that is not something that generally happens all too often or when it does, it doesn't combine and it just it lit everything up on Friday night. You could just feel the buzz in the air. I'm really, I'm, I'm lost for words to explain exactly what happened, to explain exactly what that atmosphere did for the boys on our pitch. There were so many different moments. So, oh, I, I'm choked. I'm choked for words. That's how emotional I got. It was such a high being there and I, I can't advocate it enough. You know, I understand a lot of people don't live close enough to the ground to make the season tick to be a season ticket holder and it's not doesn't you know create a lot of value for money. But if you're gonna get down there for an odd few games a season, you know, this is really the one you wanna pick right now. We're probably never going to have, well, not never, we're probably not going to have a home semi-final in Europe for another long time after this. This is the first one ever in 150 years. I know Europe's only been going on for 30 years, well, less than that now, but it's it's something special. It's something magical that's never happened before, and you've got to be there to experience it. I probably put this in a similar category to, you know, the, you know, the the nine three the Australia ninety two victory the, this is going to be one of them games that people will be asking you know where were you and you will know and I just can't stress that enough that this is how important and this is how special this this season now and this game is feeling. Oh, back into the game I started in the game and I've uh, gone off on a bit of a tangent which is not like me at all, so. We saw some massive hits, you know, back and forth, you know, lead changing sides multiple times. You know, there they really wasn't anything left to give after that game. And you could just see it from everyone. They were absolutely knackered and ecstatic. I was down in S10 in the bottom corner where Ryan Combia scored that final try. And honest to God, all our hearts were in our, were in our throats because as Tua Palotu flicked that ball out, Combia took that hit. It looked for all love and money that he was going into touch and he just roared it and went over the t- to the try line. And it was just amazing. Like the, these are the I'm just using all the adjectives in in the dictionary at the minute because I, I I'm really struggling to put together, you know, structured sentences to to how this game, and you know, just how it made everybody feel because people I've spoken to since people I've spoken to there, it, it was just such so much euphoria so much joy and happiness created by that and you know that was only to make it 30 all you know we still had that kick that conversion sammy costello costi whatever the nicknames he's coming out they're coming out with the boy oh nerves of steel i have no idea how we managed to pull that off you know i we were all there all literally clinging to each other 
hoping the disc goes over and he just slots it so nonchalantly and just you know casually walks back to uh his half of the pitch it it was it's something dreams are made of you know and that's you know he, he's written himself into a you know the Kalechi, the scarlet history already with that and it's He's going to be here with us for a long time, hopefully. I mean, I think the lad's only 22 now, and he is probably on form the best Welsh number 10. And if it was anyone other than Gatland in charge of Wales, I would be saying that he is going to be our number 10 leading us through the World Cup. But you... We don't currently know anything that's going on with the national setup, so that's a that's another that's another story for another day. But there were so many amazing performances in that match, and you know you you can't just pick out one, two, three. They they were absolutely lords. I mean, just the fact of the boys standing up. I mean, you know the more Damien Pinot, Moala, Raka below the you know. These were are some some of the best players in the world. There's there's no no two beats about it. They are some amazing players, and they kept coming and coming and coming, and we repelled them practically every single time. Our defence on our own line. I mean, I, I we've spoken about our defence from the start of the season, all the way up through to now, and it has just been outstanding you know the the difference that Gareth Williams has made since he's come in cannot be understated we you know we we looked like we could have shipped you know a hundred points if we were playing this game last week uh, not last week last season sorry and you know we've come away with victories based off our dogged defense because again just like last week we didn't we didn't play to our best we were not close to a hundred percent especially not on the attacking side of things, but we we still came away with our win. We still dug deep. I mean, we had we had two kick two real kick ahead kick aheads and try ch- and chase. I can't even speak right now. I'll have to edit this out. You know, three of our tries were pretty opportunistic. You know, Halfpenny and Costello both came from kicks ahead, and Johnny Williams was an intercept. You know, Combias was the only try at the end that we, we really built on, that it came from phase play. It came from our hard work pushing and pushing. The other three were very opportunistic tries. So that, that just says something about, you know, the belief with the boys that they, they know that, you know, they can grind out the win. They know they don't have to be playing at 100% or even close to it based on these last two weeks and still pull off some really impressive victories. Now, if I think Costello got man of the match and pretty rightly so. He, he orchestrated things brilliantly throughout the whole, di- throughout the whole 80 minutes. And, you know, it's obviously I, I can't say uh, what it feels like to be Dan Jones dinky on the bench, knowing that, uh, you know, when the game is that close, you like you just must be sitting there going, "I'm not getting on this pitch today." So it must be a bit disheartening for him. But you know, Costello has just been another level this season. He's he secured the number ten jersey here. You know, I think back mid late October, you know, Patchell couldn't touch him, 
And you know, he's carried on that all the way through. The only times he hasn't started is when he took that HIA and he, he physically couldn't. He wasn't legally allowed to, to start. And then the one game that he was in, the 23, that he didn't start, was his first game back from that HIA. So this just tells us how good this boy is. And he's only going to get better. There were some really good performances, you know, in our pack. Now, Sebastian, I, I, I do have to say he has taken a battering now three weeks on the bouts in the scrum. But in all fairness, he has hit up hard wherever he can. He tackles his heart out whenever he gets the ball. He carries as hard as he can. He, he tries to go for the pass. He, try, he tries little dummies years in there. I, I don't think I saw one on Friday, but you know I've, I've seen him pull a few over the, over the last year or so, and it's been really entertaining to watch him. So, you know, well done to him. And, you know, uh, Ken Owens, hell of a shift, but I got to give massive credit to Sean Evans when he came on. And I know we I've spoken recently about the impact that Dan Davis has had on slowing down opposition ruck ball. But Sean Evans does that job exactly the same. And, you know, those last 10, 15 minutes when he was on the pitch, he was an absolute nightmare to the Clermont Park. And he's one of the main reasons why McLeod was able to get that turnover right at the death. It's because he does that work. He does those dark arts. He is in there slowing ball down. When, you, when you've got someone like that, you know, you will mind as, as an attacker, look, I've got to get rid of this boy first. So you're looking for him and you're not necessarily keeping your eyes out for what's actually going on. And that's, that's what happened with McLeod stealing that ball at the end. You know, so massive credit to the boy. He was only on the pitch for a short while, but he, he was outstanding for what he did. And another front rower, you know, Kemsley Mathias, he is growing more and more every single game he plays. He is really, really hitting a good level now, and he's not dropping below it. Wasn't his, his, the best game by his own standards this season, but it was still a hell of a shift. And then Wynn Jones comes on, and he really just solidifies things. It's probably still not his best before, not his best performance, and he will probably say that. He's... He, probably still looks quite short of match fitness, which considering we've only got three games left of the season and one of them's a knockout, well, probably four games left, I should be saying, uh, it's, it's, it's quite uh, quite a weird thing to say. But uh, there we go. Uh, another good performance, you know, and you know we've been critical of him over the season is Kieran Hardy. When he came on, he, he really bossed things. He controlled that game incredibly well you know Gareth Davis you know he had a good first half box kicking still not 100% but you know that's that's always been a, a work on but it was much improved from last week but I, I do have to give credit to, to Kieran he, he came on he steadied the ship he done his job now we go in we go to our usual boys then you know Fafita Lousy McLeod California you know Joe Roberts, Johnny Williams, Seth Evans, all these boys, they put in massive shifts. And, you know, they all well-deserved the victory. Special mention to Johan Nicholas as well. He is just one of these players that just slots in wherever he, want, wherever he wants, wherever we need him. And he does his job without fuss. 
I mean, he noticed really early on after he came on that the only running threat that they were really offering were Penno. Everyone else seemed to just hit it up. And, you know, when it, when every person in your, in your outside backs is over six foot two, six foot three, and nobody 110 kilo, you know, no bloody wonder why. But no, he was very smart in his positioning and it was a very adept performance by him. And it's, you know, I still don't know where his best position is. It is probably a curse to be a utility player. He, he will probably, I mean, I think he's racked up some like 50, 60 appearances for us already. And he doesn't seem to start that often because of his his versatility. So, but I, I am expecting to see him now next week. You know, even if Halfpenny does come through, I'm expecting to see him this Friday night against Glasgow. Just, you know, as a, as a sort of, you know, continuation of this, you know, Peel has been massive on keeping the same sort of 15, 23 together week on week. And, you know, Nicholas deserves our spot. He really does. And I I hope for his sake as well that he's allowed to to have that 15 shirt. Obviously not have a good run in it now because there's not much time left in the season. But with the incidents with Halfpenny, I, I can't imagine him being allowed to play this Friday. So, you know, give that shirt to Nicholas. Let him have a go because he done the job massive, massively well. And now we're on to the last substitution. That uh, not the last substitution, the last another two substitutions in the forwards. I'm going to have to mention because they were two massive ten and twenty minute shifts. You now Morgan Jones came on for Shingler. You know, with ten minutes left, that added weight in the pack, that extra bit of grunt. You know, Morgan Jones is he's been this type of player that he's got all the raw abilities. It's just putting them all together. I mean, he's very similar in stature to Tad Byrne, I think, and he could be... I'm not going to say he's going to reach the same height, so he's going to be the same style of player. I'm just saying physically to look at him and watching him, he is that style of player. And, you know, it was only a small 10-minute cameo, but what a cameo it was. He, He really adds a good bit of weight in that scrum to solidify it. And he put himself about and he got in some good tackling work. And fair play, it was noticeable him on the pitch, even in the lineouts. you know, where we go for feet and lousy, you know, usually they they will be the ones who take absolutely everything. But, you know, Moggs was in there, he was doing the job and, you know, credit to the lad. Again, another youngster, 23, I believe he is, and the last one I've got to mention now is Carwin Tuipalotto. Not just for that offload, but it's just the all-round game, the performance. You know, he has he had a few games earlier in the year where Calamaphoni was, you know, unavailable for the red card, if I'm right in remembering that. And he had some really good show-ins. And this is just another one to back that up. It was it's, It seemed as though... It was a bit of a coming of age sort of night for some of these boys. You know, Sean Evans, I know he's a bit older, but Sean Evans, Morgan Jones, Yoan Nicholas, Carolyn Tuablotto, what they did on that pitch really solidified them as as top end pros. They are, you know, European standard at minimum. 
you know, I, I can see, you know, Carwin Tuapalotu easily going on and winning quite a fair Wales Cups if he continues on this pathway. And I, I don't think anyone would say anything against that. You know, some of the hits he puts in, his runs, his carrying, and he's at the beginning of his career. He really is. So it's an exciting time to be a Scarlet. And I am really looking forward to this semi-final. But first up, we've got a semi-final warm-up in the reverse of the fixture where we are travelling to play Glasgow on Friday night. Now, this is going to be a really tricky one. And I don't know how I would play it myself. Just because Glasgow have come off, you know, a, a really, really tough win over the Lions. And they've still got ambitions in the URC. I would imagine they would be hoping of securing, you know, top four, that, that home quarter final place this week. Just so that when they travel, do they travel to Connacht? No, they're, they're home. So they've got us home and they've got Connacht at home to finish their league season off before the playoffs. And, you know, they're really hoping that, you know, they'd have this top four secured, being as though, you know, fifth place at the minute, I believe is Munster. Yes, it is. They're six points behind and Munster in South Africa for the last two games. So, you know, Glasgow might not even need to win or even get a single point against us to secure this top four place you know, by next week. But at the same time, they are only seven points adrift of second place Stormers. And, you know, as unlikely as it is to claw back seven points in two games, it is possible. So I think they might have one eye on maybe sneaking a second place finish and a home quarterfinal and semi-final in the playoffs. So I'm thinking the Glasgow might come at us fully loaded with a vow to rest in their boys for Connacht. You know, they'll see whether or not they can you know they can still have a you know mathematical chance of making that top two spot. And if not, they'll do the rotation then for us. And with Peel, I've I've already said he's massive on continuity and keeping the boys together. I can't see any changes other than the enforced ones. So Tua Palotto started in place of Callum Mafoni and Nicholas in place of Halfpenny. And you know the, that is more or less it. The only issues come then are who replaces them on the bench. I think Tom Rogers comes onto the bench for you and Nicholas. That's pretty simple. But with Carwin to a Palotto, um, I've heard from some people that Ben Williams is injured and in a boot. So that rules him out. And I'm I'm looking through our back row stocks. And you know, we are we're a little bare bones. So especially with Thompson retiring, Lizana going you know, Dan Davis already injured and now Callum Mafoni looking to be out. So, you know, having a look into our squad and, you know, I saw Ewan Shenton warming up 
with the boys on Friday night, Luca Giannini as well. You know, both two young players. It would be a really big game for either of them to come on and, you know, get a bit of experience in. So it's, you know, I think Luca's got one appearance. I think he's only still only 18 years old. And Ewan, he's come from this, from Cubby becoming a scouting sort of master. And he's one of the two players he's brought in. And he's played twice this season off the bench, if I'm correct in that. But, you know, the, these are not small boys. You know, they, they're both pretty big units. Um how tall is he? I, I, I think Luca is something like six three, six four, and I think he one's a little bit taller than him as well. So you know, these are pretty big units of boys, and they are again very young, but they're very inexperienced. So that's that's the one thing we're gonna have to see what happens now for Friday night in naming of that squad. And if we look into predictions, you know, I'm never ever going to say we're gonna lose. Even if you know the bet make the bookies put us at like you know ten thousand to one to win, you know I'm always going to say we're going to win. So let's have a look. Glasgow like to attack. We like to attack. You know we haven't been on top form, but we have been scoring tries and we have been grinding out wins. So I'm going to back us for another win. It's going to be a high scoring affair. Ooh, let's go twenty eight twenty six Scarlets. And now we're into the community game, and I can't believe I just spent the best part of half hour rambling on about the Scarlets and Clermont game, and I don't think I've made much coherent sense to anybody out there. So anyone who managed to listen and understand anything, well done to you. Because I don't think I'll be able to listen back and understand myself. I know that for sure. Uh, we'll start on Friday, where there was some pretty big youth Bowl, Plate and Cup Finals. None more bigger than Little Langham playing Caffilly in the bowl. Anyone who watched the game will know that everything was left on that field. You know, these boys from Pembrokeshire, they really put their heart and soul and they dug in deep and they worked till the very end. But unfortunately, the the boys from Caffilly... They just looked at like they were, they were grown in from giants. Honest to God, they looked as though they were all a foot taller, foot wider, above ten stone bloody heavier. They just came crashing down, and in the end, it was just too much. And Caffilly ran out thirty-two fifteen winners. Massive experience, and you know, huge congratulations for the for them and for Langham just for making the final. Now, our only hope now is that uh, these youth boys stay with Langham Seniors for at least a season or two just to, you know, see if what they can do in the senior level, see if they can push this little village side forward and you know, maybe even get them up a division. Into the plate, it was Burryport and Ammonford in an all-Scarlet region affair. Burryport dominated and ran out 41-24 winners but with a lot of the Scarlet's 18s in their squad, it, it was very much expected. And in the cup final, it was Carmarthen, Quinns and Tondee, with Tondee running out the winners 20 points to 14. You know, three big games, three big results. You know, well done to all. 
winners and runners up it, it takes a lot to get to a final and you know to perform in the millennium i've never done it myself so you know the pressure must have been something different on to saturday and we had the divisional finals in division five final crumlin beat ferndale 38 24 bring kathin beat nantaglo 1915 division four final division three abatillery beat vardra 34 27 and in division two morristan beat abadea 17 12. again massive congratulations to for all four winning sides and all four runners up it it really is a hard job to to get there and to play you know i i know some of these community sides it's probably the first time they've ever been in the national stadium i, th- I think it's the first time the ferndale were ever there so you know for them to put in such a good performance it, it just it's just massive for everyone involved and as much as i'm not a big fan of these individual divisional cup finals you know it 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 is a good thing to get so many teams into the millennium and play in just you know build that sort of memory within your local club team into the championship now league action and Narberth, Narberth, Narberth were in action against Meisteg Quinns in Meisteg, and they had a very, very comfortable 42 points to 5 victory. It leaves them in a really good position in the championship. Like, we, we don't know what's going on with Clechley dropping from the Prem. We don't know if it's 100% happening yet, but if we're assuming so, that means that. You know, the championship's going to have three promotion spaces. And unfortunately, it looks as though that third spot is a little bit out of reach for Narbeth. That fourth spot is definitely within contention. You know, we got Cardiff Met, Astrodronda, Crosskeys, Narbeth. You know, maybe even Bedwas in that mix for fourth. So, you know, last, what is it, last eight games of the season now for some of these teams so it's going to be a really really intense run in uh next week well this week sorry Narbath are at home to Astalivera hoping to avenge a 21 points to 19 loss when they met earlier in the season now Narbath have been on a really strong run lately and I, I'm expecting that to continue I'm, I'm going to go for a Narbath win into division one west uh, a big game to start, Klangenich, Aberystwyth, Klangenich with a very, very comfortable 33 points to 5 victory. Uh, Pembroke at home to Gasainan lost by 80 points to nil. That's going to be one that uh, we're not going to remember for a while. Uh, Wickland at home to Pencloud was postponed. I have no idea why that is. We'll have a look and see if we can find it. And then Krimich away to Hendy. Krimich ground out a 33 points to 19 victory and keeps them on top of the table. It keeps everything open and interesting. Klangenich were meant to be playing away to Hendy last night, but that was postponed due to the weather. So this is just going to make the season even more condensed for them. And whether or not they're going to be able to fulfil all the fixtures, I'm really not sure at the minute. You know they've extended the season, but if I'm 
I'll pull it up here because I've got I've got it all in my little plans ready. But they've got nine games left to play. And let's go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I think there's nine slots left. And they've got nine games to play. So they're really, really gonna be pushed. And that's if the teams that they haven't already arranged fixtures against can actually fit them in. Like, you know, they've got and have to replay this away game against Hendy, and they've also got home games against Gasainan and Whitland to fit in. So it's going to be really difficult, you know, for them to get all of these games in. Other than that, you know, Krimich are looking really, really steady, top of the table, still level on points with Newcastle Emlyn in second, but you know, the having not lost a game this season. And the way they're playing, you know, I'm I'm still ho- I'm still looking at Krimich being top of this table. It's just whether or not Langenic can keep their run of bonus point wins alive. That is going to be the difference in this league of who is really going to come through and finish top. Because if we look at the maximum points available, Krimich and Newcastle Emlyn can both finish on 99 points. Langenic can finish on 100. So that that is as tight as it's going to get. It's going to be one single bonus point. That could be the whole thing. And if we have a look at some of the teams left to play, you know, Klangenich have gone Newcastle Emlyn away. They still got to travel to. They got to travel to Krimich. Or the other way around. I keep I keep getting this one mixed up. So this is me being a, a me forgetting now. Where is it? Yeah, Krimich have got to travel to Tlangenich. So that is going to be a massive, massive game on the 6th of May, you know, two weeks out from the official end of the season. And we we look in Tlangenich, you know, Newcastle Emlyn away, Krimich at home, Goward at home. These are top all top four teams. You know, it, it, it's a really tough draw and it's going to, again, make it especially exciting to see if Llangenich can keep it up, if Krimich and Newcastle Emlyn can keep it up. Because, you know, that there's a game literally three days before that Llangenich-Krimich tie with Krimich playing Newcastle Emlyn at home. And that's another one that's going to decide, you know, whether or not one of these teams is going to drop off. And, you know, Krimich are going to do it all the way. There's no doubts about that. So on to fixtures for this week. Aberystwyth are at home against Hendy. You know, after they lost to Llangenich, I think they're going to be a bit of a wounded animal. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to back Aberystwyth with this one. Krimich at home to Whitland. You know, Krimich won in Whitland earlier in the season. Whitland really haven't been the team that we all know them to be. So another win for Krimich there. And then we've got Vellinvall and Pembroke. You know, I, I, I can't see a win for Pembroke here. I'm really struggling to see a win for Pembroke anyway, which, you know, we've, we've said multiple times throughout the season. Is is disheartening, and you know they've they've had points deducted now. Uh, they're actually standing on minus four in the league. I I I can't see why. I 
it doesn't state anywhere why they're deducted. It's just they've been deducted. So we, we'll have a little scope around and try and find out what that's all about. But that's going to be a, a valuable win at home against Pembroke. Into Division 2 West. And we had Fishguard at home to Milford Haven. And, you know, a tight game, a really tight game. Twenty-one fifteen, finishing in Fishguard's te- in Fishguard's favor. And you know, I think I back Fishguard. I normally would in that scenario, so I'm uh, I'm kind of happy with that result. But no, a, a really tight game, and from the reports I've read, it was it was really a dogged affair. Ten uh, B were at home to Barryport, and I'm going to tell you this result, and this is not the result of the round for me. Tembi won 52 points to nil over the reigning Division 2 West champions. Now, if that is not a statement of intent, I do not know what is. I mean, we've we've spoken with Alid a couple of times. We know there's a, a, a good culture, a, a good coaching setup in Tembi. But, oh, wow. Just the way they've they've been, they've they've taken hits, they've built themselves back up, and to go and do that to a team that went undefeated, I know is a shortened season, but who went undefeated last year, is is just another thing entirely. And now for the result of the round, you know the the three Pembrokeshire sides in this league have already been done with. There was. A big, a big match. We've spoken about Kidwelly having all these games in hand. You know they've only played twelve games as it is, and they played host to undefeated top of the table, Ponta de Lice on Saturday, and Kidwelly ran out thirty-one points to ten winners. Now Ponta de Lice's first loss. This has put a huge spanner in the works. For you know this running now, Ponted Lice are no longer this undefeated machine. They've they've been tamed by Kidwelly, and it's going to be that, that that's just massive again. And not only that, you know Kidwelly have got Nant Geredig in the uh, final ten. They've also got Mumbles who were who were in this top five. You know, and and Tembi, this has really get opened the league up a little bit for Tembi. We've been saying that you know we are kind of relying on results elsewhere, and this is the type of result that is gonna that could make Tembi season. Nothing to do with them, but it's really changed the shape of the league. We're thinking, oh now, Ponte de Lice have lost. You know, this this isn't easy, and the the way that the table's shaping up. You know, Tembi have played one game more than Mumbles and are one point in front of them. But we've got Mumbles who've got, you know, a, a bit of a tough run in. They have got Pond Adelice home and away and they have got to face Kidwelly as well. So it's looking like they're going to drop some points for there. Then in second place, one above Tembi right now, you've got Nant Geredig. And they're level on points, but Nant Geredig have got two games in hand. But Tembi and Nant Geredig have got to play each other twice. So they these are two massive games now where we can I think we can honestly say that Tembi's future, Tembi's promotion hopes are now 
in their own hands. They have got an opportunity to really get these boys stuck in together and go, look, we've got five games left. They're, they're not all easy. We've got two games against Nantgered at home and away. We have got a big one against Pontard Lice away in the middle. But we win all five of these games and promotion is ours. And that is very much what I'm hoping for. On to fixtures for next week. We've got Burryport at home to Fishguard. You know, Burryport will be looking to avenge that big loss against Temby. But I, I can imagine they, they're still going to be a little bit down Fishguard, you know, up, uh, having a good win against Milford. I'm, I'm going to back fish, but Fishguard by you. Milford Haven at home to Locha. Now, Locha are always a hard team to play. It doesn't matter where they are in the league. I've I've always find found, I've always found that they're a quite aggressive side, even though they they're quite low down in the league, uh, not as low as Milford. But I'm I'm gonna back Milford to really come out with this one. And the last fixture is Pontebarem at home to Tembi. You know, Tembi ran out forty nine points to nil winners at home early in the season, and I can't see much difference. This time round, Tembi for the win to carry on with a bonus point and really push their claim for a promotion spot. Into Division 3 West A now. And the first fixture from last week was played on the 5th. It was Haverford West against Pembroke Dock. And Haverford West run out 53 points to nil winners. So... Big result there. Uh, on Saturday, we had Aberaeron losing 13 points to 36 at home to St. Clair's. Never, <laughs> we're not seeing anything outside of St. Clair's at the minute. Cardigan, 81 points to 5 at home to Langham. So, you know, a, a double hit for Langham this week with the youth final and that scoreline. Lampadan Lawn was the big game this week, and this was one hell of a result. 63 points to 19 in Lampadan's favourite. If we were ever going to wonder who was favourites for second between these two, it's now firmly Lampadan with that result. Lanabada, 10, Haverford West, 62. Two big wins in the space of a week for Haverford West. St. David's, 21, Nagland, 26. Really tight game. Really tight game, but Nagland obviously squeezed it out and got to St. David's. I do I, I do like St. David's. I think we all do. Got to have a bit of fancy dress going on, haven't you? And last game, Tregaran, 22, Pembroke Dock wins, 39. So a good win for the Pembroke Dock. And the table is really shaping up to be what we've expected for a little while now. We've got St. Clair's. Lampda, Lan, and if I can ever get this loaded up, and Aberaeron, who are all in this top four sort of position, but Sinclair's and Lampda have got the opportunity to really stretch and go further. They've both only played 13 games with Aberaeron on 16, Lan on 15. So it's it's really becoming a two-horse race now with Sinclair's and Lampda. On to next week, we've got Haverford West at home to Tregaron. Can't see anything other than a Haverford West win by there. Lampeter and Aberaeron. Now, Lampeter, massive win over Lan. 
Lampard's only loss this season came away to Aberdeen on eighteen points to seventeen. So I'm I'm going to imagine they're going to want to put one over Aberdeen, and I I can't see anything other than a, a big Lampard win. Uh, Langham at home to Llanabada. Um, I'm I'm going to say a Langham win because I love Langham. Everyone does. Who can't can love Langham? Uh, Nayland at home to Larn. Oh, this is a tough one. You know, Larn have just taken a big hit. Nayland have had a, a, a decent win. So I'm, I'm going to say home advantage is going to do it by you. And Nayland are going to come out on top. Uh, Pembroke Dock wins at home to St. David's. Oh, it's always a tough one, especially considering where they both are in the table. You know, Pembroke Dock, again, they're another team that's had points deducted for whatever reason. And they are now one position, well, they are one position below St. David's, but with three games in hand. So they're both very similar, you know, both lost 10 games. So it's, it's this one's a really tough one for me, but I'm, I'm going to go St. David's because I've already said I love St. David's. Guard with a fancy dress. I know it's away, but yeah, it is what it is. And last game is St. Clair's against Cardigan. Again, can't see anything outside of St. Clair's in this league at the minute. And we have a couple of fixtures on Monday night. Not really involving any Pembrokeshire teams, but the under-15 schools finals are building up and they're getting closer. And we've got some semi-finals in the Morgan Griffiths Plate. Uh, quarter past seven, Monday night, Mysagwendraith, if you can get there, is Cannon Valley against Carmarthen Schools. So that's going to be a, a massive game. And let's see if we can get another Scarlet's representative into that finals day on the 26th of April alongside... Prembrookshire schools in the Lewis Miller Bowl. And I think that is everything for this week. I thank you all for listening. And if I have bored you out of your minds, I promise you I will never do it again. But no, no, it's, seriously, it's, it's been great to do this with Lee. And it, it really is. It's, it's a highlight in our weeks. It's, it's brilliant just getting to talk about the Scarlets, get it out there. And you know, some of the people we've been able to speak to within the Scarlets as well has been brilliant. I do have to give one final shout out, and this is probably going to make some of you laugh. Uh, my mother-in-law is now a regular Westra is Bestra podcast fan. I don't think she's ever watched a full game of rugby in her life, but she listens to the pod. So uh, Gaina, this one's for you. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. You have been listening to the Westera is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS. Find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is besterer. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.